praise God, everybody, come on, right up, praise the Lord, right up, everybody, everybody, praise the Lord, glory, oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now I want everybody to do what the scripture says. Everybody in this meeting, give Jesus a clap. Come on. Give us that name, praise the Lord. Sisters, Jesus is in this building this afternoon. Jesus is here to meet every need for body, soul, and spirit. Jesus is here to set you free this afternoon, brother. Jesus is here to set you free, brother. Jesus is here to heal your body. Jesus is here to fill you and baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Praise his lovely name. Personally, I'm privileged and grateful to God for allowing me to come to Bradford. And many more of you are our dear folk are glad to come. And we thank you, brothers and sisters, for allowing us to come. We say a big thank you, and God bless you. This afternoon, I wish to remind everyone in this building that God has no favorites. He loves everybody. 
want that to go right home tonight, this afternoon. God has no favourites. He loves everybody. For God so loved the world that he robbed heaven of its very best for you and I, brother. That you might have this abundant life, this abundant joy, this abundant peace. Hallelujah. This wonderful salvation is real. It's marvellous and it satisfies. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And this salvation, it goes on forever and ever. Whatever God does, it lasts forever. Amen. If you're born again with the Spirit of God, brothers and sisters, I don't mind how you feel. It's for good. Born again of incorruptible seed, the job's done. Hallelujah. Now, our job this afternoon is, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, to set many women gloriously free and to come into their purchased possessions the glorious liberty of the children of God which Paul spoke about. This glorious liberty, this wonderful joy, this wonderful peace. When we crown Jesus King of our lives, we don't want anything in the world. There's nothing to compare to this. Once you've had a good taste of this, you're not frightened of going back, you know, because you've got a bigger magnet drawing you on. It's marvellous. That's my experience anyway. Oh, glory to God. I didn't have this first off, you know, but I've got it now, and it's for good. Hallelujah! And I personally, myself, I'm thrilled about the salvation. And every man and woman once had a real experience with God, they can say from the outset, thrilled about it. It's something you can feel. Because the first thing you do when you come to a glory meeting is to do that look over there. Smile. That's the first thing you do. And there's no excuse why you shouldn't. Because if you don't feel like smiling, the power of God is here to deliver you and set you free in the beautiful name of Jesus. It's true, brothers and sisters, it works even today. It works even today. And our ministry is a ministry of love. God shed his love abroad in our hearts. And we just burst in to tell the world about this wonderful glory, about this wonderful blessing. And again, I want to repeat that God has no favourites and he loves every one of you. Hallelujah! Listen, it doesn't matter how much noise you make down here, it'll be the quietest place you've ever lived in. Because he said there's thunderings of praise up there. And you feel you want to thunder the praise over when you've got the glory of God. Hallelujah! And again they said, and again they said, I've crossed over Jordan and the Lord has led me through. We're going to cross over Jordan this afternoon. Everybody,
a long while since you've come in a meeting quite the same. But listen, you're in a glory meeting now and you will never be the same again. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. The spirit of God does it, brother. The spirit of God does it, sisters. While men and women will start to dance in an open air meeting, filled with the glory of God and get wonderfully saved and filled with the spirit. Brothers and sisters, this gospel works. If this gospel's hid, it's hid to those who are lost. And the joy of the Lord is our strength this afternoon. When God first filled me with the Spirit, I thought, this is marvelous. This is wonderful. This is glorious. I couldn't understand it. I said to a brother, brother, is it right? Is it true what I've got? Is it real? I said, I feel so happy. I can't say my prayers like I used to do. My life's changed. I feel beautiful and clean. I feel so real in here. I just want to tell my brothers and sisters and friends about Jesus and his love. Brothers and sisters, I was a hardened businessman, all out for business. And overnight, God revolutionized me. That's over 11 years ago, and I've never been the same since. And God can do that with every man and every woman in this meeting this afternoon. Listen, and it's the love of God shed abroad in your heart. I didn't know anything about the Bible much. I knew that I got some glory in my soul, and it was so marvelous, so real. I said, oh, if only my pals knew what this was, they'd all want it. Listen, my friend, this is real. This is glorious. This is marvelous. It doesn't matter what you say to a man that's filled with the glory. It's like water and a duck's back. It goes straight off him. It can't get any further and it's lovely and it's real. Oh, hallelujah. It's working, brothers and sisters. It's God moving and it's the greatest revival the world's ever known and no man can stop this. God's moving in the last days. Amen.
praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, bless him. Hallelujah. I feel so happy this afternoon, you know, brothers and sisters, because I feel that Jesus is going to do a mighty work in uh, Bradford today. I've got that assurance in my own soul that Jesus is going to do something wonderful. You know, as I was coming along on the bus this afternoon, Jesus really spoke to my heart, and he said, I'm going to pour water on him that is thirsty. I'm going to pour upon the dry ground. We know, brothers and sisters, if you're dry this afternoon, we're going to have floods. And if you're thirsty, Jesus has promised to pour water upon you. So he's promised something for you this afternoon. When Jesus said he poured water upon you, he really meant that. He meant just what he said. He wants to pour water upon you. And you know, when God fills you with his spirit, that's just what he wants to do. He wants to flow through you. And he wants to use you as a channel, as a mighty channel of blessing. You know, some people think, Lord, make me a channel of blessing today. And they just don't seem to do anything about it. They just stand there and say, Lord, make me a channel of blessing. Well, I want to tell you this afternoon, brothers and sisters, that you folk in Bradford, God wants to pour water upon your dry ground. I don't care how dry you are this afternoon. God wants to soak you. He wants to really make you wet this afternoon under the mighty water of God. Oh, hallelujah. You know, there's a stream flowing in heaven and it's flowing right down to earth. Some people just seem to picture this water. It's flowing in heaven. But you know, I've got a great vision this afternoon and God has got this river running right down to earth and we can bathe in it. We can wash in it. Oh, hallelujah. And we can swim in it. Brothers and sisters, the water's to swim in this afternoon. Hallelujah. Are you going to take the plunge this afternoon, brothers and sisters? The water's here. Oh, come and have a plunge because it's lovely. If you've never had a swim in this water, if you've never had a drink of it, oh, come and have a drink. Come and have a plunge. Oh, just have a swim. It's just lovely. You know, you don't need to have swimming lessons for this kind of water. You know, the Holy Ghost is your teacher. And once you plunge in, brothers and sisters, God's the instructor and he teaches you to swim in those waters of the Holy Ghost. If you take a plunge this afternoon, you don't need to fear what men think or what men say or what women say. God, the Holy Ghost, is your instructor this afternoon. If only you plunge into this water and have a real good swim, get really soaked in it, you don't even need a bathing costume. All you've got to do is just plunge in this afternoon and have a real good drink. You know, you can swim in this water and you can drink in it and you can wash in it and all oh, it's lovely. You know, Henry said you'll never be the same again. You won't. You'll never be the same again. If you have a real good swim and you have a real good drink and you have a real good wash, well, you'll never be the same again. So, brothers and sisters of Bradford, you come and have a good swim and a good drink this afternoon and God will bless you. Amen.
wonderful Jesus. The river of God's flowing this afternoon, brothers and sisters. Let it come in, enter into the spirit of it, and God will bless your soul. Hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is real. Blessed be his lovely name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, lovely. That's it. That's it. Lovely. Uh, brother Peter Warsup. Come on, brother. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you, pal. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd just like to read a few scriptures, if I may. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto, the, unto King Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. They brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. Even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. <coughs> and King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord <coughs> unto the place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their wings over the place of the ark and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves there, thereof above and they drew out the staves that the end of the staves were, drew out the staves that the ends of the staves were see, seen out of the holy place before the oracle and they were not seen without and there they are unto this day there was nothing in the ark there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. And just a couple of scriptures here. Thou knowest how that David my father could not build an house unto the name of the Lord his God for the wars which were about him on every side until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side so that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrent. And behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. Thank God this afternoon, friends, because we have in the scripture here the building of the temple. Now, friends, this afternoon I'm not bothered in my own heart how the temple was built. I'm not bothered what was in it. I'm not bothered about all the things that it meant. There's only one thing that I'm bothered about, and that is this, that God had somewhere, needed somewhere to live in the days of Solomon, and Solomon had to build that place for God to live in. Hallelujah. And friends, this afternoon, I can see this.
that you and I are living in an identical time that Solomon lived in. God's looking for somewhere to put his head down and have a sleep. He's looking for somewhere to put his head down and call it home. Friends, today he's fed up to the back teeth with stiffness, starchiness. When your father comes into the house, he wants the kids to be real. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you this afternoon that my dad's real. Hallelujah. If you want to be stiff and starchy and prim and proper, well, you're not my dad's children because my father's real. 100% real through and through from the top to the bottom. If you want to know how real he is, well, look at me. He's made me real. You can see me. You can feel me. Look at the trees. Look at the sky. Look at the earth. He's real, our God is. He hasn't got a veneer. That's man's idea to hide up something cheap inside. And I'm telling you, if there's a veneer on people, it's covering something that's cheap, friends. Hallelujah. And friends, this afternoon I'm telling you that I'm thrilled to see that other people in other generations have had to face up to this thing. They've had to take that that's at hand and they've had to do something about it. And you and I are faced with the same thing. And I say this by the grace of God, if Solomon could do it, he didn't have what God's given me, you know. And if he could do it, I can do it. If he can do it, then I can do it. You can do it. And our father's looking for somewhere to, to sleep, to, to rest, to, die, to come in and, uh, and be watered, to come in and have refreshment. That's what I want. He's coming to somewhere to have refreshment. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it grand? And you and I, friends, from all parts of this country are being looked to by the God of heaven. Do you know what he said to Moses in the desert? He says, let them make me a sanctuary. The God of heaven, the God that created everything, he wanted his people to make him somewhere to live. Isn't it grand? I hate somebody rang me up the other night. They said, cool, brother, I've just come to have a little natter to you. I've been painting and I'm fed up. Hallelujah. Friends, are you doing any painting for God? Oh, Are you decorating the tabernacle for God to come in? Are you making it like it got to be, friends? I'm telling you today that the tools are at hand and you've got every possibility. Hallelujah. And so I want to look at this thing that we've been reading, friends, and I want you to see this, that God brought Solomon into something that David never had. He says to Hiram, he says, there's peace all around me. So I'm going to build a place for God to live in. Oh, friends, his father never had this experience. The powers of darkness were coming against David. The Philistines, the Hittites, the Hivites, and all the other Hittites, and what have you, were coming against David. The poor fella, he had nowhere and no time to do that that was in his heart. That was build a place for God to live in. Oh, he says to his life, he says, I can't live in a palace like this and my dad live in a tent down the street. I'm going to build somewhere for God. But he never had opportunity. God wouldn't let him. It was his job, and we've all got our own job. It was his job to put down the powers of darkness that when his son came, he'd have peace and rest that he might concentrate on building Hallelujah. Oh, glory. And shall I tell you something, friends? You and I, we can spend all our lives battling against the Philistines, the Hittites, and the Hivites, and David slaughtered the lot. Hallelujah. And you and I, friends, are dwelling in David today. Hallelujah. And we've got rest on every side. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Oh, bless his lovely name. The devil tries to rob you of your peace and rest, but we've got it. And friends, tonight, the high guys and the hit guys will never reach the end of the 
because David is coming. Hallelujah. When Jesus died on the cross, friends, he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He's not manifested today, so the works are destroyed. If you dare to believe. Dare you believe? Dare you believe? Dare you believe that you're free? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to the Lamb. Well, all right. Old Solomon, he got rest. And I'm going to tell you this, that our Jesus... He wanted to build this temple for God. He wanted somewhere where God could dwell in the midst of the people. But he was too busy fighting the powers of darkness. So he's left us a heritage. For us to do it. <laughs> Glory! Glory! My big brother, he was fighting, fighting, fighting. He was fighting when he took his last breath. Hallelujah! And tonight, beloved, isn't it grand? He's left us a heritage of peace and rest. But half the time, three quarters of the time, 99% of the time, we're trying to enter into the peace and rest. Well, we've got it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've got it. And God doesn't want us, are we in, are we not? Are we in blessing, are we not? He wants us to say, Paul and Ash, we've got it in Jesus and we're going to do what God We're going to build a place for Dad to dwell in. Ain't it nice? You can't tuck him in the back kitchen, my father. You can't put him in the spare room. He wants an eternal dwelling place. And you and I are called upon to build it. Hallelujah. Now then, I want you to see the building material that Solomon had. First thing he had was what David had left. David left him a heritage. He says, Solomon, I can't build a temple. God won't let me. But he says, there's a lot of gold and silver under my bed or in the treasury. Hallelujah. You take that, he says, and you use what I've left you, lad. It'll give you a jolly good start for life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that Jesus has given you a jolly good start? Hallelujah. Well, I am. I'm thrilled about it. My Jesus has given me a wonderful send-off. In fact, he's kicked me out. Glory. Get on. There's plenty. There's an abundance to get on and start the work with. Hallelujah. This afternoon, friends, he wants you to realise that all you've got to do is to start. And there's an abundance. There's enough, there's, there's enough in the coffers to build for years. Jesus filled it up and sent it down. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then he sent to Hiram, the king. He had assistance. Glory. Aren't you glad you've got a brother? Aren't you glad you've got a brother? Assistance, Hiram was an assistant. He says, oh, lad, I've got plenty of timber. Come and cut it out of my back garden. So he sent 10,000 warriors and they cut the trees down and they took them down to the sea. They put them on a ship and there was a glory convoy Glory convoy to Bradford, hallelujah, this morning to build the house of the Lord. And it grand. We brought our own wooden timber, hallelujah. It's wonderful, hallelujah. And then, friends, I'm going to tell you something else, that he wasn't wholly dependent on those around him. He wasn't wholly dependent even on son David. He had something from God all by himself. Wasn't it lovely? He got something from God. In fact, he was bigger than his dad. His riches, his wisdom, oh, his power and his majesty, the regal court that he kept, it was stupendous. It was terrific. It was marvelous. It was glorious. Hallelujah. They came from the ends of the earth. Have a look at Solomon and get tapped into his wisdom. They did. It's marvelous. And do you know something, friends? 
My Jesus has made you something. And he's made me something. And we've got a bit from Jesus. And we've got a bit from Father. And we've got a bit from Henry and Bob. And we've got a big lump ourselves. Hallelujah. And you know something, friends? Old day Solomon, in all his wisdom, he sat down and he weighed up the pros and cons. And he says, do you know, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to have a go. I believe I can do it. That there's a lot under the bed. There's a lot in the coffers. My dad's given me a lot and old Hiram's willing to help me. I'm going to have a go. Yes, I do declare I'm going to have a go for Jesus. Hallelujah. So he, he picks his blokes and he sends them off and they start cutting the wood. And praise the Lord, the work starts. We've got a bit more to eat somewhere. You don't mind, do you? But it's good. This is I'm enjoying it if you are not. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. It's like, it's like an old cow, you know. I enjoyed it this morning. But I'm enjoying it now. Hallelujah. We're chewing the cud. We shall enjoy it tonight when we're going home. Hallelujah. There's two more verses here I want you to read. And the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house which thou art building, if thou wilt walk in my statutes, and execute my judgments, and keep all my commandments, and walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, which I spoke unto thy father David. And I will dwell amongst the children of Israel, and I will not forsake my people Israel. And it lovely. He says, get this house built, Solomon, we're going to have a glory time. Hallelujah. I'm going to come down in Jerusalem and I'm going to dwell in the presence of my people and I'm not going to forsake them. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful this afternoon? Friends, I'm telling you, if we'll build our temple for God, he'll come down and dwell. Now, I don't care whether Henry's come to the meetings. I don't care whether Bob's come to the meetings. I don't care that you've come to the meetings, but I'm ever so glad my father's come. Yeah. Hey, it's grand. Hey, can you feel him bubbling and burning? Hallelujah. Can you feel him burning? Hallelujah. Ooh, glory. Oh, they say you can't work this up. The trouble with me is I can't cork it up. Hallelujah. It bubbles up and bounces out. And it's wonderful. And friends, this afternoon, my father says, keep my commandments. Do that that's right. And I'll dwell amongst them. <laughs> well, he doesn't say keep his commandments today. The Holy Ghost never taught me the Ten Commandments. Did he teach you the Ten Commandments? They tried to teach me at school, you know. But I couldn't tell you one from the other. In fact, I never could learn them. And I'm ever so glad I couldn't. Do you know something? My father says something different to that. He doesn't say you month to this and you month to that. He says, hey, uh, lad, it's all in Jesus. Everything's in Jesus. Our Sabbath rests. Our purity, our righteousness is not by works. It's an imputed righteousness that comes from Jesus. And I ain't half enjoying it. Oh, it's marvellous. It's glorious. Hallelujah. And they put the best suits on. And they come to the meeting on a Sunday morning to suit it. Hallelujah. It's Sunday. I don't know which is the Lord's day to you. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. Isn't it grand? I don't know. I woke up this morning and there was my dad whispering me about Solomon. Isn't it glorious? It is. The war says, what are you going to tell him today? I said, I don't know. My dad ain't half giving me something lovely. It's grand, friend. As soon as you wake up, it's the Lord's day. When you go to sleep, it's the Lord's night. Hallelujah. It's grand. He don't want us keeping the commandments. He wants us keeping time with Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you keeping time? Hallelujah. Where are we? Go. Hallelujah. Bless him. Oh, we're back to the other one now. 
Glory. Get this bit off our chest and I must be feeling I'm still a lot better. Hallelujah. All right, friends. So the scripture that we read, the temple was finished. It was finished. Now listen, friends. This speaks to me of a state of preparedness. The temple, the place that God was going to inhabit, it was finished. Yes. It was finished. Friends, tonight, it's important that we see this point that the temple must be finished in accordance with God's word. It must be finished in accordance with God's word. And tonight, friends, I see here the scripture that we read, the temple, it was prepared. Now, once the temple was prepared, what happened? They said, let's have the ark in. Let's have the ark in. Now, the Bible students tell me that the ark speaks of Jesus. All right, friends, the temple's ready. Let's have the ark in. Hallelujah. Can you see Solomon and the old priests? It's as good as when David brought the ark up. There they were, slaughtering the oxen, slaughtering it. They were slaughtering everything. The blood was flowing. Without a shed of blood, friends, oh, there was no remission for sin. The blood was flowing. And here comes the ark. Can you see him, friends? With the long beard and the long, what's the name of the tall hat? And the, the what's the name? And there comes the ark up the road from Zion City into the place of preparation. And friends, do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, and they put the ark down in the holy place. And you know, the ark was like a box. And it had got two sticks through it that they used to carry the ark on. This is what I like. The temple was prepared, and in comes Jesus in all his majesty. Who brought him in? The lads brought him in, I'll tell you. <laughs> put him down. They got all of the staves, the things to carry, covering <laughs> Listen, listen, beloved, this afternoon. When the temple's prepared, That's it. the stakes were taken out, and the Bible says, and they're there to this day. In other words, they were never used again. Jesus had taken up his rightful place. The ark. There was nobody going to move the ark. They took the sticks out. And this afternoon, friends, the devil can't move Jesus out of your life because we're taking the sticks out. Hallelujah. Glory. And do you know, friends, this afternoon, if the sticks have gone, the devil there took it. The devil there put his hand out to the ark, you know. Don't let anybody move the ark, sister. Isn't it precious? I was a miserable, rotten, stinking atheist, friends. And suddenly, God prepared the temple. And the ark came in. I don't know who brought it in, friends, but it was wonderful. Hallelujah. I don't know what happened to the stakes, but nobody's shifted it since. The devil's had a try, but he ain't. It's wonderful. It's glorious. I'm 10,000 times bigger in Christ today than I was the day I received him. God's made me that way. Are you boasting, brother? I'm not boasting. I'm telling you the truth. Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Because the devil couldn't move the ark, and God's increased himself inside me. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. God's in this business. He's only waiting for you to get the temple ready. He's only waiting for you to let Jesus come in and the sticks get thrown away. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. They drew out the sticks. And I'm going to, draw, I'm going to tell you something else this afternoon. You know, the staves were the things that supported the ark. Here's another thought. They supported the ark. 
brother and sister this afternoon, is Jesus dwelling in you by the power of someone else's support? Is he? Or have you got your own personal experience? Are you relying on the power of the pastor, the power of an elder brother, the power of a sister, the power of a mother or a father's prayers to prevail? Are you relying on somebody else's strength? Friends, listen. When Jesus comes in, it's God's perfect will for all the supports to go and the ark to rest and abide in his predestined plan. Don't let anybody else support you, friends. Come and get your own experience of the